You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Just the two of us again, Taylor. No guests this week. Yes. <laughs> it's it's true. It's the first time in quite a while, it feels like, maybe, or maybe not. Time, you know, time has no meaning in the pandemic. <laughs> in the void we live in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a couple of weeks, but then this is the second time recently in a couple of months that we've done this, where we've had several weeks in a row with a guest. Then just a couple of weeks, you and me, and then several weeks with a guest again, and now it's just back to back to us. Yep, just just plain old, plain old us. Taylor and Mike. Taylor and Mike. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought like we let's let's check in, Taylor. Like how are how are you doing? How how anything new going on in Taylor's life? Not a whole heck of a lot. I'm working my new job, which is a lot of fun, and. I did watch a lot of true crime back to back recently in between um, some of our movies from the from a hat. I watched This is a Robbery, which is on Netflix and Sons of Sam also on Netflix. So one, this is a this is a robbery is about the biggest art heist in America, Mm -hmm. which was interesting. And then Sons of Sam is about one investigative journalist's. Uh, investigation into the son of Sam murders in the 1970s New York and his theory that it wasn't one gunman but actually kind of like a conspiracy so both of those were really good so if people are looking for um, some Netflix true crime I enjoyed both of those very nice very nice yeah I've I've heard both of those names of the new true crime things haven't quite gotten them yet but that sounds good i think they're always they've been trending on netflix the last yeah you always get those the true crime stuff always gets gets up trending so that's that's how's mike (laughs) i bought a rug oh congratulations thank you an air nice area rug i got a good price for it it delivered within two days and uh now i have an area rug good for you and that's uh that's about it that's pretty <laughs> much everything i mean it's, it's still and no one can visit it for no nobody can visit it <laughs> i also bought some shelves but for some reason the shelves are taking two weeks to get here huh. um, whereas the big massive 10 foot rug arrived like a day or two after i ordered it so i don't know whatever you know it's it, this is the pandemic like i'm st- i don't know taylor i'm starting to feel it again I too am feeling it. Also, can I say that I feel like um, quality control for products have has gone downhill in the last couple of weeks. I've gotten two bags of chocolate chip ch- chocolate chips that are supposed to be milk chocolate. They were semi sweet, and what? so mis like mislabeled. Wow. And then halfway through my roll of toilet paper or um, paper towel that I've been using. It stopped being perforated, you know, like the, the seriously to like <laughs> tear it into sheets. So oh like the roll started perforated, right? And then then it, it stopped, and now it's perforated again. 
So, uh, wow. I think, uh, everyone, I've never, I've never heard of things like that blatant before. Like you hear stories, but I've never like heard from someone that I know of things like this happening. Yeah. That's like crazy. pretty weird. And I thought like, oh, maybe I'm going crazy with the chocolate chips, but like, nope. Anyone who bakes, there's a very obvious difference between milk chocolate and semi-sweet. Like they smell different. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a different color. Um, so two bags of chippets have been to the point Mike like I had to google it I was like was there like a recall I couldn't find anything <laughs> wow that's, but uh that's anyone wild. else who shops at Loblaws uh please write in if your chippets have also been mixed up you have such a more interesting life Taylor than I do because <laughs> me hearing that story from you is the most interesting thing that's happened to me in about four weeks well I'm glad that I can uh be your zest there, Mike. Yeah, like like when the rug showed up, everything was fine. I put the rug down, and it was fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> put the rug down, put the furniture back on, and went, okay. This yeah, is you rug. stepped away and went, yep, that's my new rug. Like, yep, that's a rug. <laughs> that's, it's just, okay, cool. That's That's been the last four weeks. I will say the chocolate chip thing is probably, that would be like, it's not exciting because it's a bummer because I actually no, don't bummer, like semi semi sweet, but um, that's probably the most interesting thing that's happened to me in yeah, many that's a like week. shockingly <laughs> weird. Like that's a very two specific bags. big mistake. Two, two out bags of three bags. Too. Yeah, because like that's a big mistake to make. That's not like something small. That's a big packaging issue. <laughs> weird, just weird. <laughs> well. You know, that's, uh, again, like you just said before, like this is life in the pandemic, right? These are the interesting things that happen to us. We pull movies out of a hat. We talk about said movies. And uh, that's our lives right now. Yes, pretty Um, much. And that's the thing. Like you said it before we started recording. And I really have to echo the sentiment of we kind of just watched these movies this week. Um, Yeah. I've got some things to say, but not nothing, nothing interesting and nothing, frankly, that's going to compare to that chocolate chip thing. Um, yeah, I should have saved that story for the end. should have. Like, that's a, that was a great, <laughs> great way to end the show. And it's all just downhill from here. I'm sure our listeners are like, wow, that's a that's a crazy chocolate chip story. And now we're just going to I don't know what's going to happen. Luckily, we have some fans to save us because three fans wrote in this week Good. with like actual specific thoughts on the movie, which is awesome. So we'll hear from them. Um, we're going to talk about Die Hard. From 1988 and Monty Python's Life of Brian from 1979, I think. Yeah, 79, 78. Yeah. 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 70s. Um, So we're going to talk about those movies. We're going to uh, we're going to get here from our fans. And I have a very brief uh, Bo Burnham update. Ooh, I'm excited. The the show just just very briefly to show that we are we are pushing things forward. I was looking for statues the other day. Yeah, like good, awards. good. Well, you you find us the award, and I'll try to find us the recipient, and then we'll Great. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll go from there. Um, yeah, but, but that's going to be what we're doing on today's show, and it's again, it's not going to be uh, any more interesting than that uh, great story because we're in a pandemic, and uh, I'm tired, and uh, here we are. <laughs> this I too, just... I too, am tired. And <laughs> you know just, what? It's like... going downhill, Taylor. I don't even know. Like honestly, I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. You know what the most recording. depressing thing is? Is that we're recording today a little a little bit earlier than we normally early, would. Yeah. It's May 9th. Lockdown isn't done until May 20th. But rumors, you know, public health rumors, that might not be the end of 
the lockdown. Like I saw a couple headlines being like minimum May 20th, minimum, which means if there's a minimum, there's also a maximum. Yeah, I have go for to it. say something and I don't, I don't, I, everyone knows on this podcast, I like to like make fun of myself and that's part of my humor and I just like make jokes and say things. Um, I'm really concerned about myself if that, what you just said actually comes to pass. Like May 20th, okay, I think I can do it. It's like whatever. If it, this keeps going, I, there's only so many rugs I can buy, everybody. <laughs> there's okay? only so many shelves you can there's construct. There's only so many shelves. There's only so many times I can rearrange the apartment. There's only so many times I can watch things. Like, listen, everybody on air who's listening to our show. Because our, our show is probably made up of, of great people. But everyone you know, just wear a mask. Don't travel outside of the country or city or town you're in. And everybody just wash their hands and try to stay away from each other. And let's just, let's end this. Okay. Do it for there Mike. are concerts happening in New Zealand. Okay. There are, there, you know how many people went to the Dallas Stars hockey game on the weekend? Okay. 15,000. That's how many. I know. I see, right. uh, I have people I know that live in the States seeing their mm-hmm. Facebook and their Instagram of them, like living like semi-normal lives. Yeah. Like, yeah. Still, semi. like, mass, yeah mass, still not like yeah. semi-normal. And I'm like, what? What? Because like a so, mask is not a big deal, right? Like I would, I would wear a mask to go to the movies or like go out somewhere, or like just leave the apartment. But yeah, I, probably... I, have, I have the same thing. I have friends who are like, "Hey, this is what I'm doing," <laughs> and you like, just curse them. Like yeah, even yeah. like, um, I feel like wearing masks in grocery stores will just be like normal now. Sure. Like people will just do that. But anyways, long story short, everyone, wash your hands, wear your masks, mm. um, do it for Mike. If, yes. <laughs> if you're if it's the only like, thing but you know mike seriously. there is there is light at the end of the tunnel you and i um will qualify for vaccines by the end very of the soon month. yeah by the end of this month which is exciting i'm very yeah. exciting i'm gonna go i'm gonna get it for sure and and i agree with you i think this is like it's kind of to me i feel like this is the last five minutes of playing squash which is the worst five minutes of playing squash where you're so tired and you're done, but you're, you're the part, the partner you're playing with is going hard and you're like, I got to go hard and you're just so exhausted. But if you just get through it, you can leave. Yeah. So I feel like that's what this is. Like, that's like the last, so close. Yeah. The last five minutes of through. any workout. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. I just said, yeah, I love squash and I miss squash. That's another thing I can't do because I'm sitting here. Buying like, you know, it's so funny. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but a couple of days ago, I was thinking, huh, Mike probably hasn't played squash in a while. That it literally has been I, over a year. <laughs> I yeah. literally was thinking that a couple of days ago. So it's funny because my squash partner left to move to the north um, around February. And so actually, my dad and I were going to play squash um, uh, sometime in March, like a couple of weeks before the lockdown. But something came up and him and my mom had to go somewhere and I was like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll reschedule. And then the lockdown happened. So I haven't played squash since la- like February, 2020. This is the last time I played squash and I, I have an exercise bike and that's what I kind of use for my, for my daily exercise, or at least like five times a week. I try to do like a half an hour on bikes and I do like other things and stretch and like do things. And it's just not the same. It's not, it's not squash. It's just not the same as, as com- competing against somebody and, and kind of being out there doing things. So I just, I hope things come to an end for the share of like, I'd like to do something different. Like I'd like my, my Thursday, maybe my Thursday could be like, Hey, I'm going to go see a movie 
as opposed to I'm going to turn on the TV or, or stream. I'm going to walk and, from the bedroom to the living room. Yeah. And, and that'll be my, <laughs> that'll be 10 steps. And uh, <laughs> then I'll just sit here. I miss, I'm well, my one last like pandemic moan, and then we'll go into these movie reviews. Oh, right. Um, Cause that's what movies. people tune in for. Yeah. Not to <laughs> right, hear I us forgot. Yeah. complain about <laughs> our lives. That, eh? But um, I, you know, you miss squash. I miss the pool. Like mm. I was, I was swimming at artillery park and, you know, when I was a grad student, I swam um, on Queens campus. So for me, I just, I just miss the pool and I have, it's been since like the first lockdown. Like, so again, like you, like a year, a year, like uh, last March. So wow, yeah. It's just hard to believe too. Well, we can end on kind of that note of it's hard to believe it's been a year, like over a year now. Like we're, we're kind of into year two really of all this. It's, it's, it's just, Brutal. we've been doing this. Sh- <laughs> have we been doing this show more in pandemic than out? It's going to get close. It will get close. I was going to be like, no, but if it keeps going on, yeah, it's going to get then, real yeah. close. <laughs> it's going to be really close to this being a pandemic oh, show. Um, but you're right. Let's talk some movies. Let's distract ourselves for the next 45 yes. minutes. And hopefully you, the listeners, that's why we do this. We try to distract you. Gives it some fun. Laugh at us. Join in the conversation. Um, so let's let's just dive into it. We got to talk about Die Hard. We got to talk about Monty Python's uh, Life of Brian. Um, let's talk about Monty Python first. Let's, let's get into that one. Taylor. What did you think of Life of Brian? And have you had you seen this before? That's kind of what I wanted to know. Yeah, I used okay. to own it on DVD. I mean, my mom probably still has my copy at her house. I will say that um, growing up, I watched Life of Brian. I watched um, uh, Meaning of Life, um, Holy Grail. Like I watched the, their, their movies growing up and really, really enjoyed them um, and had you know, had the DVDs or whatnot. I guess we were like a Monty Python family. I will say this. Life of Brian does not stand up as well as, <laughs> as I remembered it when I was young. Because I would have watched it when I was like in grade eight for the first time, maybe grade seven, grade eight, and then watched it through high school and probably haven't revisited Life of Brian since high school. Um, I've revisited Monty Python search for the Holy Grail since right. high school. And I would yeah. say that one really does hold up. And I, in fact, Dan and I happened to watch it just a couple of weeks ago, just on net Netflix for fun one night. Um, yeah. Life of Brian, not, <laughs> not yeah. their best in my opinion, in my opinion, it's not their, their best. Well, one. It, it makes me feel good to hear you say that. Um, because have I you mean, seen, you're, have you seen any of theirs? I've seen Holy Grail. Okay. And I've seen several snippets and scenes from their show. Right. Like the the skits. The skits. I've seen several of those sporadically. And my theater company in the final year that I was there did Spam a Lot, right. um, which is the, the Monty Python musical that kind of pokes fun at all their stuff and has like their humor in it. Um, so that that's my kind of history with Monty Python. It's just good to hear from a Monty Python fan that Life of Brian doesn't hold up because I got to tell you, I didn't laugh once. <laughs> I, like I did not. I, I smirked three times and I wrote the three times down. Do you want to hear them? Yes. I, I wrote them down because okay, that's go. how I was like, this is so impactful. Smirk the first <laughs> uh, came came from the opening credits. The song. I smirk the song. 
Yeah. Uh, because I was this, it was like a lyric I smirked because it's like he has, he has two arms, two legs. And they're like, you're just describing a human being. Yeah. Huh. Smirk. <laughs> smirk the second. Now, I can't repeat any of the jokes, but it was just a smirking scene where him and his mother return home and the soldiers waiting for them there. He's got the flowers and she kind of reveals who his father is. Yeah. Kind of that little sequence and some of the jokes in there. I smirked. Smirk the second happened then. Um, and then smirk the third happened when they were at the like gladiator thing. And so the guy who's forced to fight gets thrown out and the gladiator comes out and he just runs around and the gladiator has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. I smirked then. Uh, yeah, that's and a then good, that's a good one. And then I stopped writing it down because it was so long to the next smirk that I don't even remember when the next one was, but I stopped. <laughs> Um, because I, I forgot by that point, but those are the three smirks that I remember. But other than that, like, and I'm being honest, I didn't laugh out loud once during this movie. And to me, that is where comedies can really just go nowhere. If you, if it's not funny, if you don't find it funny, you're not going to like it. Whereas with a the drama jokes didn't movie, land for you, yeah, right? Didn't land. Yeah. And, and, and I will say that's a good way of putting it, Taylor, because I will say that conceptually, I find the situations funny. Like the whole idea of, okay, this is about the the manger next door to Jesus and a guy born on the same night named Brian. Like that's a funny concept. Yeah. Like that would that it would make me laugh if someone just explained it to me. But then I just didn't like the execution. Like nothing landed the way it should have. And those smirk moments are all moments where I found it like I would normally find it funny, but for whatever reason it just like didn't it didn't hit with me. And to me, when you're looking at a drama or an action movie or something, if you don't like the movie, sometimes you can find things out of it that, that you like. Last week, you, you brought up some things in timeline, but you didn't like the movie. But you said, well, Gerard Butler's character is more interesting and I wish we spent more time with him. So that's something in the movie you can pull out. But if a movie's not funny... Then, then, and it's a comedy, then I think there's nothing else for you to pull out. Like, what am I going to be like? Well, the character development was great. It's a silly movie. So the, it is if a I didn't... silly, it is. And like more so than like other comedies, like Monty yes, Python yeah. is silly. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think because Tyler asks in, in his fan question, asks or just comments on like, what is it about Monty Python I don't like? And I think for me, it's, a, it's more about the people I always knew who liked Monty Python put Monty Python on this pedestal as a higher brow of comedy than like Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell or stuff. But it's all the same. It's all it's the same level of comedy. It is silly. It's It's ridiculous. It's dumb. Like this movie is is a is a 1979 version of like anything Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell would do now. It's just a dumb concept and silly and the humor is just silly. And if you just don't like it, if it doesn't land for you, you're not going to like the movie. And I did that's I just So I do just you like do you like um Search for the Holy Grail? Um I liked Aspers. I would say I I laughed out loud at moments during Holy Grail. Um I I thought the the I'm not dead yet whole sequence of like the the body saying, "Oh, I'm like I'm not dead," is funny. There's other moments in in Holy Grail that that I do think is is funny, like meeting all the different knights. Um, 
one of them being like a coward and that stuff and right. the fight with the the what's the the the, the knight that the knights who say me oh I, oh the, then that, just, that the knights too, who say but, me are funny too but i think yeah. he's just like the black knight the black knight whatever. yeah the one yeah. just like gets his arms chopped off legs chopped off it's like no it's, it's just, just a, a flesh wound just a flesh wound yeah like, would, those things i found funny yeah. i would say um and again it might just because you know we're such a we're like so dialed into our phones and like immediate gratification and stuff. We talked about it before on the show about how we find our attention span kind of is shorter than it used to be. I will say that I think even in some of their skits, I feel like sometimes it goes on too long. And like that felt like with, with life of Brian, like when they have like a bit and the scene just feels too long. Like, I'm like, oh, this would be funny, but like, let's wrap it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I get what you're saying. And I think I also, to, to give the movie even less credit, I would say they sometimes stick to something. as like, we think this is hilarious. So we're going to play it out as long as possible. And sometimes movies can make that mistake where a bit, they just keep going back to a bit again and again and again. And it just like, it didn't work the first time. Like stop, stop hammering. I've done improv. I know what that's like. You think you've like landed on a gold mine. (laughs) And it's not funny. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I, I just, this whole movie, it was such a terrible movie watching experience because I just, the whole time, like I haven't laughed once. I don't find it funny, but I should because the concept the I'm a situational, is yeah this sounds great i'm a situational comedy person so even in, during those opening credits i was like okay maybe this is going to be bad as i thought because the songs kind of making me smirk so if this is the type of thing they're doing all right like this this not might not be too bad but it just it, the whole thing fell flat i just didn't i didn't get anything out of it skip it Monty Python's Life of Brian Skip. I know some of our fans are probably big fans of this. Cringing. They're probably like, how can you? I hope you get some hate. You know, like how I occasionally get the Disney letter being like, how (laughs) dare you hate Disney? I hope you get some, how dare you hate Monty Python? Yeah, and that's fine. Like, And as you've mentioned, like I, you've mentioned this a couple weeks ago, how like our fans are probably putting in their favorite movies. Like that's where this is coming from. Like these are people's favorite movies. So I can appreciate that. And I can appreciate the nostalgia factor of things, but I don't think something should hold up on nostalgia alone. And I just don't see anything in this movie that was particularly funny at all. So I just, I'm going to say something brave, but controversial. So well, that's a, that's very like you. That's that's very on brand <laughs> for me. Do you think so think like thinking back to like the people you knew growing up who like thought sure. my Monty Python was like so great. Do you think it's one of those things where because it has such a aura around it, like such a reputation that people just say they like it cuz it's like you have to like it. You know what I'm trying sure. to say? Like oh, the, yeah, like no, the Beatles, right? Like, oh, 100%. the Beatles are the best band in the world. Are they really the best band in the yeah, world? Yeah, I think nostalgia does a lot for some things. And I think Monty Python is one of those. Now, every every um every big thing, like when, when Monty Python's thrown out movies, like some I'm sure they have movies that they considered hits and not hits. And when you're doing a lot of shows and movies, those types of things always happen. But I look at the, I, I do agree. Like I look at the ratings of movies sometimes like, Hey, what, what are people rating this? And like the IMDB average rating is like 8.1 out of 10. And it's like, come on, really? Like that many people like it. Like I could understand some people liking it, but 
even as a Monty Python fan, you're sitting here saying, oh, it doesn't hold up as well as the other ones. Like, is it really worth an 8.1 out of 10? Like, I 100% I would think the nostalgia yeah. helps. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it. I mean, like, when I was 13, I think this movie was hilarious. Yeah, but I was also 13, right? Like, you're... Anyways, so... Um, I don't know if I would have... said. I'm trying to think. Would I have found this funny at 13? And I actually don't know if I would have. Like, I don't think... I still don't think it's just my type of humor... I like this anyway. type of humor, though. Like, yeah, if you like this type of humor, zany yeah. and yeah. just goofy. So, I for me, this is a stream it. Um, I think if you like Monty Python, you'll certainly find redeeming qualities of out of this movie. Um, like I said at the beginning of my review, I don't think it's their best work um i agree with you mike i think it's a really great setup like a very Mm -hmm. silly like someone is being mistaken for a messiah that isn't but at the same time that jesus is in the city like goofy um but yeah the jokes just don't land as well as um search for the holy grail i think this also wouldn't be a bad movie for an airplane um you know but my mike you didn't laugh at all so this wouldn't be your movie for an airplane no skip it i wouldn't even watch it on an airplane i would for me it's a stream it and it's on netflix right now that's it yeah it is on netflix yeah so there you go taylor's giving it a stream it i give it a skip it uh we're gonna hear from fans in a bit see what they kind of thought about it but before we do let's talk die hard and then we'll we'll start comparing the two so die hard 1988 um interesting i think you brought up taylor um last week that this seemed like a Mike movie right yeah. off the bat. Like, and what, the, what I will say is I think I've seen Die Hard only about three, like three times. Like this is like my third time. Cause I definitely remember watching it like in high school. I had friends who liked it and you know, you're, you're spending a, a weekend at some cabin and Hey, you throw Die Hard on, like it'd be that type of movie. Um, and I think that I have a lot to say in the comparisons about this movie to to um, Life of Brian in more me personally as like a movie goer because I can I I think I can name better examples of this same genre for both Die Hard and Life of Brian but Die Hard has been considered by a lot of people one of the best like action Christmas movies of all time also like an eight point two on on the ratings for for IMDb like everyone really likes this movie um, and I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it again and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Okay. Yeah. This stuck coming back to me, but I don't think I would pick Die Hard as a movie I'd rewatch a lot as I might with other action adventure movies. So it's interesting that again, it kind of feels like it should be a movie that I would be drawn to, but there was something even about rewatching it that wasn't landing for me in watching Die Hard. My movie watching experience this weekend has not been very positive. Let me just say that. <laughs> it's been um, meh. <laughs> it's been meh. Like the best I can say about Die Hard is if someone else is like, oh, let's watch Die Hard. I'd be like, all right, like that's fine. We'll watch that. But if it's on TV, I'd be like, ah, let's see what else is on. Like that's kind of how, how I feel. You know what I was thinking when I was watching it? I was like, dang, I really wish I could just be watching Adventures and Babysitting right now. <laughs> because like also like takes place i mean different city it's in chicago not not la but like the climax is in a big skyscraper you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's other examples of this type of genre like the 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 one person who's sort of uh you know 
average Joe with some abilities is is forced to be in in a situation and there's terrorists and there's an attack or something. And there's lots of examples. Like this is an 80s and 90s staple. Like there's a bunch of action movies that are like this. And Die Hard to me is okay. And Bruce Willis is at this point caring. And Alan Rickman, I think, is a pretty good villain. Um, it's nice. Did you know? So I was on the Wikipedia page. His his uh gruber hans gruber is considered like one of the best action movie villains and i was like really like go that far he was fine i like alan yeah he he was was fine fine, but i was like and then like we do spoilers in the movie club so spoiler alert he dies at the end i'm like for having such a great reputation as like a you know like a badass uh movie villain he dies at the end (laughs) yeah and i also I think most of my feelings, because Alan Rickman, unfortunately, like passed away like a couple of years ago. And m- most of my feelings every time he was on screen was like, oh, it's nice to see Alan Rickman again. Like, oh, OK, here's a role Alan Rickman's in. Like, that's nice. It's nice to like have a movie that not that I I mean, I, I'm I'm more or less a Harry Potter fan, but it's nice, it's nice to see a movie with that's not Harry Potter or Love Actually and have Alan Rickman. in it. Like, I would say like that. Nice. um you know, he, he did a very good job. Like, I think the acting yes. was fine. But, like, for that, for people to say, like, he's the best action movie villain, I think it was just, like, poor writing. Like, he wasn't particularly fleshed out. But that I wasn't did, yeah. Alan. That wasn't Alan Rickman's fault. It's just, like. Yeah. That's the thing that, to me, didn't hold up with this movie is the writing. I didn't remember being kind of this sloppy and meh. Like, I remember it being a little bit better than this. Um, but again, I, I don't think I've seen this movie for years, so it's been, it's been a long time, but I will, what I will say is like the scene where they're, they're up in the kind of top, top of the building where like, I don't know, I think the boiler room must be there or something. Cause like they're sweating like crazy. And, uh, you know, you've got Bruce Willis. Oh, I thought they were just Alan sweating Rickman. from the exertion, like of, oh, of- maybe, <laughs> It They're fighting like, for their lives, like, Mike. Uh, I understand. It just seemed like this room was like <laughs> they were really sweaty. Warm. I know the scene. Okay, yeah, like it's about. like yeah, it's like he was like in a Bruce Willis like came out of a pool, like he was just <laughs> drenched in sweat. And he's like he, he meets up with Alan Rickman, but doesn't know it's Hans Gruber. And like that hit Alan Rickman kind of tricking him, and like that kind of sequence in the back and forth. Like those things, I thought were really good when the two were together. You know, in those moments, I thought that that was kind of cool the acting was really good but i just don't remember the dialogue being just meh i think in the movie bruce willis had some good one-liners i would say that the standouts for me were bruce willis like i thought he was Mm -hmm. good and and, and charming and an interesting character i really loved theo the computer hacker wish he had (laughs) Or screen time, and then um, Argyle, the the limo driver. Those, yes, he was great. They were all yeah. standouts. Yeah. Alan Rickman, I thought, like was good. Like, okay, I don't think he like, you know. I think for me, when it's an action movie, is like larger than life. So I want my villain like chewing the scenery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want him to be like over the top. I'm like, okay, you're going through all this work to just steal money like i don't know that doesn't seem that cool (laughs) it would have been more cool if he was just like a regular terrorist yeah that it's very true yeah and like and the wife says it at the end like oh you're Mm -hmm. just a thief 
Like, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> I feel yeah, the same I, way. Because <laughs> I, I do agree. I think that, like, from with what they were working with, most of the acting was pretty solid. And there were a couple moments where, you you know, you have, like, a, a character actor or someone who you recognize. Like, oh, yeah, that person. Like the and, cop, the beat cop. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, Reginald Val Johnson, uh, who was um, uh, what was his name from from Family Matters? He like played the dad in Family Matters. He uh, that's yeah, he he was like very good, and it was nice to see you know different character actors, and and the acting was pretty solid. But yeah, I just felt like they weren't working with much. Didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, it's a fun action movie. Like I wouldn't mind watching it every once in a while. I just don't know if it has that rewatchability i'm looking for in an action movie like the comparison i'll I'll make to it later when we get to comparing i have a couple things i wrote down but there there are other movies of this same genre that i think have a lot of rewatchability whereas die hard i'm just kind of like i'm fine seeing it every 10 years i thought it was kind of slow to start for it to be this like you know people do talk about this i'd never seen it before i'm not like a huge action movie fan like i grew up watching action movies with my mom but this was never one that we had on in our house um so but like it again like it was like its reputation preceded it similar to monty python right everyone talks about die hard so i'm thinking okay this is gonna be like guns out right away (laughs) you know like it like it was kind of slow it's a little slow yeah it takes it takes like 20 good minutes to get like really and it's like a two hour it's two hours and 12 minutes long Mm. in my opinion for an action movie yeah (laughs) so i'm kind of like okay like weird setup (laughs) but But they really wanted like they really wanted you to get the backstory yeah to be invested in him whatever his name is mccain mccain yeah mclean mclean uh john mclean they wanted to really be invested in, with him and, and his relationship with his wife and you wanted that to be kind of the center of it. which like to the movie's credit it does do that and that does elevate the stakes like i again i like the concept of a movie like this you have a, a regular police officer from a different city visiting someone no like people don't really know he's a police officer terrorists take over the building he's stuck in the building cool okay that's a great premise i know you're saying like oh like like semi-regular guy but like wouldn't a new york cop be trained in like some sort of anti-terrorist work like i don't know i don't think it's like i never got the sense that he was outmatched you know what i mean no but i think he i think it was more for me it's the panicky nature of him the fact that he had to talk himself into things yeah that was good he was unsure and he kept kind of like hoping the police would show up but like you are the police. Uh, yes, but un- I mean backup. He wanted backup. Unlike yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. other movies where like like Seagal would just be like you know punching people and Arnold yeah, would punch yeah. people. Like he, he they played it off as okay. I am trained. I wasn't really prepared for this, and that to me seemed real. Like that's if there's one true. thing I would say about that. It seemed very real. Like him not having the scary. shoes. Yeah, him not having the shoes, and him like having to worry about. I have one 
pistol and they all have automatic machine guns. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, he didn't re- immediately whip out, like, again, in another movie that would have been sillier, like, if it, like, is Arnold, he'd have a bazooka stashed somewhere. Or, like, a knife in his sock. Yeah, yeah, a knife in his sock. Where it's like, you know, he's going to a Christmas party. Like, the fact that he even has, is like, an off-duty weapon, is that a fact? Like, that's it. That's you all know he what? had. He had one pistol. One thing that did bother me, though, so when he kills the first terrorist, I forget who, like, Franz or whatever, and the terrorist had like his bag and like John takes everything out of the bag and like he takes everything in the bag but leaves the bag. I'm like, why don't you just keep all that stuff in yeah, the why, bag? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, why wouldn't you carry the bag around with you? Yeah, like he like, oh, he's it. like, oh, yeah. zip ties. I can't remember. He's like, yeah. lighter, okay, pocket. He literally takes yeah. every single thing the terrorist has but ditches the bag the terrorist was carrying. Yeah, it's But very, then very later strange. in the movie, gets another bag. <laughs> yeah, why did he need to get a second bag? Yeah, yeah, that is very <laughs> that, strange. That bothered yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what would you give Die Hard for for a rating? It's a stream it. Like our yeah. listeners know me well enough to know that this is not a Taylor movie. I wouldn't even say that this is like a great action movie. I think again, it has this aura about it. You know, you say Die Hard, people automatically know, even if they don't know what the movie is, they they've heard Die Hard before and know yes, that Bruce 100%. Willis is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen. Like I said, I felt it was a little slow. Um, I often will like check out during action scenes and like near the climax of the movie, I was kind of losing interest. But for people who like action, um, again, it's kind of like, um, I guess a must see if you want to be like in the know. <laughs> so um, for me, it's a stream it. I will say I'm going to weigh in on the Christmas debate, Mike. For me, Go this ahead. is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Like, I think to me, that, it's, I think that's very clear. It's a no brainer <laughs> that it's a yeah. Christmas movie. I don't it even takes, know why it's a debate. <laughs> it takes place during a Christmas party. Yeah. And there's a lot of Christmassy things that, like, kind of happen. With the it. characters and are singing Christmas songs. Yeah. Even I feel like the relationship that um, Bruce Willis has with, with the beat cop, like, communicating over the radio, has an almost like, Christmassy hopefulness to it, where Agreed. he's kind of talking him through it a bit. And again, that's that that's the part of the movie I kind of like the best. Is like here's two police officers from different places, but they're kind of they're they're together, even though they're not together, they're in this situation together. And he's trying, he's trying to be kind of John McClane's like voice on the ground. And I thought that that had a very Christmassy feel to it. So yeah, I I I agree with you. I think it's a it's a Christmas movie through and through. And I would give this movie a stream it as well. Um, again, it, its average rating on IMDb is like eight point two. I don't like think it's six. that good. Uh, yeah, I'd give it like a six, like kind of. Middle I don't think the writing movie. is that. Yeah. That phenomenal, but yeah. I don't know. There you go. Um, let's get into some comparisons, and then we'll hear from our fans because because they've got some thoughts. But Taylor, what, what did you think about comparing comparing these two movies? Like, what what do they have in common? <laughs> this was a tough one. Um, yeah. I would say that there's like a terrorist element in both of them. So <laughs> the group, like the ta- the you know the extremist group, Brian yes. falls into in Life yeah. of Brian, and then of course, even though Hans Gruber says he's not a terrorist, and you know he he is by all intensive purposes. So there's that kind of uh, connection. And then just in our conversations, I identified that. 
I think these are two movies that have reputations around it Mm -hmm. that maybe color people's um, reviews or kind of that like nostalgic lens or the fact that these movies are kind of like have become their own things, right? Like, oh, Monty Python is a thing. So, you know, people are going to like this movie and Die Hard is this whole franchise. And so that would be another connection that I see. Yeah. I I kind of came up with three connections, but they actually more relate to me and okay. my experience with this movie. So here here you go. Here are the 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 I the three I statements I came up with. I'm not as crazy about these two films as it seems that most of the movie loving population is. So we kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not as crazy about either of these movies as most people are. That kind of plays into the same thing you're talking about, this nostalgia goggles that I think on this movie. Um, the second thing is I found the dialogue a little hard to hear and understand at times. Um, sometimes it was the accents. And I actually, for for Life of Brian, I so my TV, I usually have it on like a 10. And sometimes for movies to get into it, I have it like a 12 volume-wise. This was at 24, just so I could you know hear what? what people were saying. Dan had a hard time understanding the dialogue in Life of Brian too. Yeah. So maybe that wasn't a a mic thing. It seems yeah, like maybe tough. the movie's older, right? And it's uh it's it's on a streaming platform, so I wonder if it's just like Netflix doesn't have a great copy of it. Copy of it. That's that's very possible. Um and then the third thing was I can name an example without even thinking of versions of these movies from like similar, similar like genres. types of movies, genres, if you will. So, so my one suggestion of if you like Die Hard, you're, you'll, you'll probably love Air Force One. Um, it's a, it's Harrison Ford. He's the president. He's basically trapped on Air Force One as terrorists uh, take it over. And Gary Oldman plays one of the terrorists. So there you go. You got, you got your, your, your famous actor. Uh, famous British actor playing someone from a different country and you've got uh, an older aging uh, star who right now doesn't really care um, but back then cared a lot uh, and then the second thing for for Life of Brian is one of my favorite uh, movies Hamlet 2 yep good, uh, is, good is one a, is is a better satire of like biblical things because the the it's about a teacher at a drama school trying to save this drama program. And he writes his own uh, musical uh, called Hamlet Two, which is about Jesus going, going, traveling through time to, to save Hamlet and all his stuff and Hamlet and Jesus team up. And it's hilarious. Yeah. The it's play a good they one. put on is so funny and has a lot of really funny moments. Um, so those are the, and Elizabeth Shue, Elizabeth Shue's in that movie. Yes, and that's our connection to uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Exactly, we came full circle on that one. Full circle, and those are the connections. Hey, another one that reminds me, Mike, about your having a hard time understanding the dialogue. I will say that um, both movies featured like accents or like funny Mm -hmm. voices. (laughs) Yes, yep, accents, funny voices. I also found both movies were not afraid to be like dirty, bloody, and tactile. Like you could every which i could sometimes appreciate like sometimes hollywood movies can have like a glamour too clean look to them but like we were saying about like the scene where bruce willis is just literally drenched in sweat like him and and even like brian and like all the like everyone like they have dirt on their face and everyone's kind of like oh my gosh muddy and like i like, thought i thought that too while watching life of brian i'm like wow yeah. these people are gross like the like yeah. the clothes they're wearing 
<laughs> yeah, and and I, and I did notice that about both movies, where I was just kind of like, everyone's just kind of like gross in these like gross clothes, but yeah, it's, his... but it that's very good, like in some ways. Uh, uh, Bruce Willis's wife beater went from like white to like black in the so course of like colors. five yeah. five minutes. <laughs> like seriously, that's why I think he's up in some steam room. It's not just him running around. I get it. Like when your your life's in danger, I'm sure he's sweating. Hey, you panicky. may be right. He also but crawls. He crawls through air ducts at a Yes, at and one doesn't point. he make a joke about, like, being a TV dinner? So yeah. I think it's, like, hot. Like, I think it's warm in these air ducts, too. Like, I think there's probably heat. Oh, I wondered what through. he meant. Yeah. That makes more sense. Like, like, he's dinner, being like cooked. He's in an oven. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's, okay. that's why I thought, because like, then that makes a lot more sense as to why he's just so wet all the time. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, let's hear from some fans. As I said, we had three people write in with a lot of interesting things. Um, so we'll go through them. Uh, we're going to start with, uh, Tyler, Tyler Vance, who we had on the show last week. He says, dear Mike and Taylor, it's back to emails and getting uh, second, third and fourth attempts to refine my opinions before it gets broadcast to the, on the airwaves. I'm not sure if people really appreciate how difficult it is to sound even remotely uh, intelligent when you're being recorded in real time. You both do a fantastic job of it. Uh, the picks this week are just drastically different in tone, but fall under uh, that sort of dad movie umbrella. Both films, <laughs> yeah, I didn't I guess. even think of that. Yeah, both films are about one person who's surrounded by people that are either aggressively incompetent or straight up malicious. Uh, the said one person is really just an average Joe thrust into a situation they didn't want and aren't really prepared for. Uh, in the end, both are average John slash Brian's who win the respect of uh, the mediocre systems that they're up against um, uh, while whimsical music plays. Granted, one gets rid of, rides off in limbo and the other gets crucified, but hey, at least both get uh, the women they like to like them back. Also, both films do feature the main characters losing their shoes at a key point in the plot. Also, also, <laughs> True. Uh, both are, tan uh, are are related to Christmas. Um, I did the, It's interesting. The, the shoe thing, I didn't even think about. No. He pointed that out. And yeah, they, they both kind of have a Christmas sort of relation to it. In, in well, ways. the opening scene of Life and Brian is the first it Christmas. It takes place at cr the first Christmas. <laughs> and we've got, obviously, so that's very true. Um, and then he just, uh, he says, sincerely, Tyler, he's not the Messiah. He's a naughty, naughty boy, Vance. <laughs> P.S. I'm extremely excited to hear why Mike doesn't like Monty Python. I have a theory that everyone who doesn't like them had a friend in high school who quoted the Holy Grail too many times. Um, so kind of, Tyler, because as I said, it's more about people, to me, have just really put Monty Python on this big pedestal and I've just never really liked it but I don't think I ever had friends quoting it specifically we're still you know I may be old but I'm still too young that Monty Python was was kind of not really my generation was that interested in it it was more of a nostalgia thing but that's why I feel like it's one of those like the kids like the kids who didn't want to be mainstream liked mm. Monty Python and even if they didn't really like Monty Python they said they liked it so that they could be like different. the first hipsters, yeah, were Monty Python. You know what fans. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. Um, Tyler brings up some good points here. The shoe thing, I didn't actually even. Uh, great, great eye. Hear. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> very good catch there. Um, but yeah, I, I do think these these two had very drastically different tones. But yeah, I guess you kind of have someone thrown into a situation they're not really 
expecting or, or knowing what to do. Um, it did seem like John and Brian were kind of the, the like quote unquote, every man of the, their stories yep. where everyone else is acting crazy and weird around them. And they're just kind of reacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that does make some sense. Um, the next one comes from Lily, uh, who said, what a strange combo for me. The biggest things these two films have in common is the way they're out of place in terms of time of year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit down to watch either of these movies unless I was around Christmas. I've never seen Die Hard before, but I heard the debate on another movie podcast about whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie or not. I believe it absolutely is. So there you go. Lily Blue can, uh, is on your side there, Taylor. And she's the voice of no reason. Question. So really, Lily's there's no no need to continue the debate. Yes. Um, she said, I also found it very strange that at one point, both of the main characters lose their shoes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so Lily also pointed out the shoe thing. I guess it's um, obvious and we're just dumb, Mike. I guess you and I, yeah, I didn't even like think of their shoes. But yeah, you're, you're Lily's got, it's just as Tyler. Lily's got the same thing. Um, she said, all in all, I think these two are very much a product of their time. If you showed me Life of Brian and Die Hard, I think I could clearly tell you what decade these films were filmed in and came out in. Die Hard, to me, had a lot of shaves of early 90s action flick, but still very much screams 80s, just as Life of Brian, to me, screams 70s. The hairstylings alone in both films do that for me. What a weird week for movies from the hat. And that's from Lily. That's an interesting point, like that, that you could, you know, both are pretty much a product of their decade. The Die Hard seems very 80s and, and Life of Brian seems very 70s. That's kind of an interesting way to look at it, too. I agree, though. Um, yeah. You think that if, if you d- had to name a decade, you would have guessed 70s, 80s? Yeah. Yeah. I think Die Hard maybe would be a little bit trickier, like Lily said. Yeah, that like it's like right on the cusp. 90s. Of the yeah. 90s, but in terms of like the fashion, you know, the the For interior sure. of the of the building, it did feel very the the even the Argyle in the in the um, limo, it did feel very 1980s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last one comes from Brooks. Uh, Brooks says, I can't believe I just found this completely insane movie club. I love it. <laughs> Uh, I just <laughs> I decided to watch along this week, but I plan to go back and watch all of the movies that came out of the hat so far. These two are very strange films to compare. I think my main comparison I found was our two protagonists are just tossed into crazy situations, not of their own creation, and are forced to adapt and try to navigate uh, an escalating set of circumstances. So Brooks is kind of pointing out a similar thing that Tyler is yep. about. Our, our protagonists are not causing these situations they're just thrown into it and they have to react to it um so yeah i think that's a fair comparison like i think that's very clear in both movies um brooks has a question for us wants to know what's our favorite movie from a hat combo so far do you have a favorite combination so far today you know what mike because i have pandemic brain I can't even. Yeah, I can't even. Well, while you you talk about what we've had in the hat and all, or sure. you pick your favorite and I'll look at our Instagram. Because- sure. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like I can say, I can say the first one to me is still the one that I like the most because it was so strange that they worked. Like it was Lone Star in your name, where where they both kind of dealt with with time a bit, and they both dealt with ancestry and kind of had like jumps in time and how people can affect you through time and that's a very for two very very different films 
I thought that that was a very odd um, thing that would just randomly happen. Um, but we've also had To the Stars and Into the Woods. That was not had... good. That was not a good week. <laughs> no. Empire of the Sun and Kingsman. That was, was a good week. week. That yeah. was a good one. Uh, and then Enemy and Sliding Doors, which was not a good week. Um, the Kane Mutiny and Holmes and Watson. I had uh, fun. Of... That was a fun yeah. week. And then, of course, last week um, was kind of our first our first one back. And that was um, that was Love and Other Drugs and Time. That was like, that was a good week, too, last week. I don't know. I don't have a favorite. I would say my. We've le- had fun. We've had fun with it. My least favorite would be when we watched Enemy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and I didn't. Definitely. And I'm sorry. I think it was maybe Kathy who had sliding doors in the hat. Yeah, this was the second Kathy Tyler combination because yeah. they 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 were the your name Lone Star and then again with Sliding Doors. Yeah. And I didn't like either <laughs> of those movies, Sliding Doors or yeah. Enemies. So yeah, no, that was a rough week. That was a really <laughs> rough week to get through. Um, but thank you, Brooks, for for the comment and for going back and and listening uh, to the other ones. We hope you you enjoy it. We're we're doing this until we have other things to talk about. So uh, join us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. I mean maybe we'll have to do like a true crime. I'll do a special true crime episode. <laughs> I, I'm sure people would appreciate a couple of themed episodes from us while we're sitting here in the pandemic. Like our fans love our themed episodes. I'm sure we can come up with a few. Um I and new movies will eventually come out. Well, whether or not we can see them. Ugh, I don't know. We'll find out. Um before we we draw our movies for next week, um you know, let's uh, let's get a quick Bo Burnham chat. Yeah. Uh, as we as we talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, for those of you who are, who might be new, we were awarding Bo Burnham uh, a, per, a supporting performance award um, from our our first ever fan voted awards show, and we're trying to find Bo Burnham. So what I did before <laughs> I, I tried to look we, around, we was we I, need a Mike. Sorry to interrupt, but we need like a uh, where is Waldo? Like where is Bo? Intro. <laughs> okay, well I'll come up with one. Probably not this week, but for next for next update, we'll have a little intro for sure, and we'll do a little intro, and and we'll we'll have a little segment here. But just to get just to get the ball rolling, what I did was I went on my LinkedIn and I found two people. Who I know who are working in the business who I went to school with and I just sent them a message briefly explained what was going on and just said like do you have any idea how to begin looking for for a contact information and and they were actually both very helpful oh. and there I can't I can't reveal on air too much but what I can say is is we were right in our instincts of it's about finding his representation like that's the key. right it's about learn finding out who represents him um, and they've helped. They're going to help me tr- track down how you get that contact info and getting getting either in touch with his agent or representation. Because apparently, it, you never know if someone has one agent or if they're part of a larger group, like a firm. Um, yeah, like a firm. So it, it might be an individual agent we have to talk to. It might be a more of a, a company or, or firm we have to talk to. You know, so that's gonna. I guess I'm so naive because. I thought, oh my gosh, these people get fan mail. Or like, do people not get fan mail anymore? So they do, but it's usually through, um, nowadays, it's usually through social media, which is how it was explained to me. So they were saying like, you could, because he has a YouTube channel, right. you could send the YouTube channel message, but the chances of him seeing it are very slim. So that's why they're saying it's best to go through the representation 
and try to get in contact that way. And sometimes fan mail still happens that way. So it is possible to find this contact info. It's just a matter of doing a bit of research. So that's going to be kind of our, our next step in that. But the process has begun. We will, if Bo, Bo, if you're listening, uh, we're send us a message. We love you. And <laughs> we just want to give you an award. We just want to give you an be award. Weird about it. We're just going to give you an award. <laughs> Might be a nice, nice thing. Um, all right. Are you ready to, for me to draw from this hat? Heck yes. It's our Kingston Frontenac's toque as a reminder, because we're in Kingston and we're Canadian. And it's the only hat I have. So uh, let's, uh, let's see. That's here. right. Cause you run really hats? hot, right, Mike? I run very, very hot. I don't wear hats. I have this and a ball cap, and that is it. Those are my hats. I don't wear hats ever in any circumstance. I've turned on my heat four days this year. Oh, my so gosh. So that'll tell you. I'll have to tell you how warm I am. Okay. So uh, just a reminder to everyone, go to our website, screeningandkingston.com. There's a form under Movie Club. You can fill in as you watch. Give us your thoughts. They can be a one-sentence thought. They can be a, a full email, whatever you want. You can email us. You can go on the website, whatever whatever suits you. Okay, first movie next week out of this hat is, and is stuck. There we go. Oh, it's a tiny one. The Haunting, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, so the it's haunting. a remake. It's a if I remember correctly, it's a remake of. Yeah, I'm looking to you to know this one. Yeah, I'm the pretty one. sure. Um, it's a remake of a nineteen sixties movie. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. So it's a remake. The Haunting. Okay. And to be paired with The Haunting, I like how I how I have the, the year next to it. That was helpful. I didn't do that for every movie. The next one is <laughs> Apollo 13. No! There we go. <laughs> there we go. I thought that it I would be... Happened. I thought the I... Ultimate. <laughs> I thought I'd be able to dodge a, a hundred movies in a hat and Apollo 13 still found me. <laughs> I, I have to say that next week is going to be a much anticipated episode of Screening in Kingston because we are watching Apollo 13 and The Haunting uh, from the 1991 uh, remake, I guess, of it. So there, there you go. That's, that's Wait, really Mike, exciting. Wait, is it 1999? 1999. Okay, because I, I was like, remember. oh my gosh, what movie are Sorry, we watching? Right. No, 1999. <laughs> okay, to be clear, so we're clear there. It's the 1999 version of The Haunting and Apollo 13 starring Tom Hanks. Those are the two films that we're watching to uh, compare. At least there'll be a Taylor movie and a Mike movie. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, and and you know, I I don't know if you, have if you seen this version of the haunting. Um, I don't think so. I've seen it. So it's a adaptation of the haunting, um, the haunting of Hill House. So I've seen the original one, and I've read the book. So um, it will be interesting to watch. It has Catherine Zeta Jones in it. So oh. like, it has some big names attached. Oh my goodness, is that Owen Wilson? Is Owen Wilson in this movie? Guys, we are in for a treat. This this movie makes up Owen for the Wilson fact. Owen Wilson is in this movie? It looks like it. This Let me, before we leave, let me, yes, yes. Owen Wilson's in it. Liam Neeson. Wow. Liam Neeson. Okay. Yeah, guys, so, wow. This, this is makes be up for the, the fact that I have to watch Apollo 13. <laughs> there you go. We got The Haunting with a with a absolute star star-studded star-studded cast, cast. and uh, apollo 13 that, that's great that's that cheers me up the next week's episode is going to be going to be a while yeah we got time. a lot thank to you look every- forward to yeah absolutely thank you everyone for listening again this week uh just a reminder go to screeningandkingston.com 
or email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com with your thoughts. Join our movie club and uh, help us uh, tick away the days in the pandemic. Yeah. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.